devotions every day, and we picked a, a scripture reading, uh, trying to every uh, day on promises, the promises of God. And I did a podcast on uh, the promises of God the other day. I said, just get you a promise. There's a bunch of them to claim. Amen. Uh, would you open your precious Bible tonight to the book of Jonah? And we have gotten to chapter 2. We're doing this study uh, through the life of Jonah. And then on Wednesday nights, uh, we're doing the life of Jonah. Then on Sundays, we've been preaching through the life of David in 1 Samuel. So I've been uh, really studying and God's been working in my heart. And I hope he's been very helpful to you. And uh, anytime his word is being preached, should be helpful, shouldn't it? And uh, now let me ask you, how many of y'all glad to be saved tonight? And uh, so it won't hurt y'all tonight to chime in with me a little bit. If y'all hear something that blesses your heart, let the Lord know about it. Amen. It's good to say amen. It's good to thank the Lord for how he works in our heart. And by the way, chapter two <laughs> is one reason why I wanted to preach the series of messages on Jonah. I've been wanting to get to chapter two. You say, Pastor, why do you want to get to chapter two? Well, let's just look at uh, verse number uh, one and... Uh, I'm thankful uh, also uh, in Jonah chapter uh, 3 is also where I want to get to. But uh, we're in chapter 2 right now, but we're going to go all the way through chapter 3. And uh, actually the reason I wanted to preach this message, I wanted, I said chapter 2, I meant to say chapter 3 and verse number 1. But uh, let's just go ahead and read, let's just start reading here and uh, let's look at Jonah chapter uh, 2. And verse 10, and we'll go from there. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, and all God's people said. You know why that's a blessing? Because that's what I've entitled this message. Praise God, thank God, we have a God of second chances. And I want to look at this throughout the, this whole chapter. Let's look at chapter 3. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it. Uh, preach the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Now I'm just going to stop right there. And because uh, we're going to find all the text right there tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us do what I cannot do. Speak to our hearts and help us. But then, Lord, I would ask that you'd help us to do our part. That's to say yes. And we'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you have been following along as we've been preaching through the life of Jonah? You've been here on Wednesday nights. And if you've not been able to be here on Wednesday, hopefully you've been watching online. But in this story, if it was in drama form, uh, there would be many, many scene changes. Here's another one. I mean, I want you to look at verse 10. What a scene. Now, some of you that are squeamish, uh, you might want to hear this one. But don't try to, I try to make the Bible come to life. But this might be one verse you don't want to come to life. Amen. But the Bible says, and the Lord spake in the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So here comes another scene. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that that fish was listening. You know what? If that fish wasn't listening, because notice the Bible said, and the Lord spake unto the fish. So that's interesting. Just a word. And his creation does his bidding. And with one word, I'm glad that the fish was at his disposal. 
disposal. I'm also thankful in verse 1 that he doesn't give up on people when we do. I thank God he doesn't give up on people like we do. Can I say, how much time would we be wasting with Jonah? How much more time have we felt we've wasted our time trying to help somebody that won't do what God tells them to do? So I thank God, I'm glad that he was interested in Jonah. Now I want to make a statement here and I think it's extremely important. As I was studying this, it just really encouraged me how good our God is. Number one, I know that God was interested in Nineveh. But I'm also thankful he was interested in Jonah. You know why that's such a big deal to me tonight? Because I know that our God is interested in the world, but I thank God he's interested in lowly old me. And he's interested in you. Not only is he interested in the whole world, which Nineveh, of course, would be that great city. I thank God, reading the book of Jonah, we know that he's interested in Jonah. One individual. Now, I'm thankful that he could have used anybody. But he wanted, he chose to use Jonah. Now, God is intensely interested in this world being saved. How many of y'all believe that? Believe it with all my heart. That's why he came. I'm sure that's why the Blaylocks are in Bulgaria. I'm sure that's why the missionaries around the world, they know that we have a God that is interested in the world. We know that because he says he came in to seek and to say that which was lost. That was his mission statement. And he could use any number of ways to get this job done. But here's what's amazing to me. As he chose to use Jonah, he chooses to use us. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I often wonder, what in the world, how, why in the world did he find an old boy in Hinton, West Virginia? Because he likes to confound things with the foolish. Amen? Can I say, that is the wonderful thing about the Lord. He chooses to use us. God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no, there it is right there, that no flesh should glory in his presence. You know what? I want to tell you something right now. God's very generous, but he's jealous. He wants the praise and he deserves the praise. Amen. God wants to use us in a way that is much bigger than ourselves. And the only way he can do that is if we're willing vessels. But I want to tell you something. When you're in the ministry and the work of God, he will use you bigger than who you are. But I also want to make sure that you understand this. He wants to use you much bigger than what you think, but he also wants to be big in your life, our lives, to do the work. So can I just look at this text, and let's just look at a few things here, and let's learn from it. And praise God, thank God, we have a God that is a God of second chances. The first thing I recognize here is in verse 10, the Lord had to speak to this fish, and there was some sickness here. A sick constitution. Have you ever used the phrase, you make me sick? 
or they make me sick. No, probably we shouldn't be saying things like that. But literally, God made this fish sick. There's no doubt. Now, I heard someone say, or I read a commentary, and I didn't like it, said, well, probably that whale or that great fish was sick of that old backslidden preacher anyway. I didn't like that. But it might be true, but no, the Bible says that the fish got sick because the Lord spoke a word. Now, I love that because all God had to do was to give a word, and Jonah was back on dry land. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just thankful all he had to do was speak the world into existence. We got a powerful God, amen? God spoke and the world was created. God spoke and Jesus raised from the grave. Hey, God one day will speak and praise God. I want you to know something. We're going to be taken up into glory. It's how powerful when God speaks. All it takes is a word from God. And he spoke and this fish obeyed and vomited out the preacher on dry ground. And then I want you to notice this. I believe that Jonah was in a class. And as we read his prayer in chapter 2, I believe Jonah was in a prayer in Seaweed Seminary. Now, if you read that prayer, the curriculum had been taught, the final exam had been given, and Jonah graduated with a fast exit out of Seaweed Seminary. You say that you think he learned anything. I think he learned a lot. I'm going to tell you one thing, the sooner we learn to obey, uh, the sooner we can proceed in the journey that God has given us. And by the way, Jonah's finally there. I'm going to tell you one thing he probably was reciting in his uh, mind. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily. Action is the key, do it immediately, joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. You know what, if he believed, he wouldn't have had to go to Seaweed Seminary. If we would just do that little song that we all learned as children and we would obey. See, sometimes we get to a place like Jonah, we think we get so spiritual, we get to become an adult, we don't have to obey anymore. You know, it's uh, good to be around little children. Children, boy, they just tell you the way they feel. It, it amazes me. I was around one of them the other day. They said, I just can't wait till I get your age and nobody's going to tell me what to do. I laughed. I said, then don't get married. I ain't even getting a laugh up here. Not even a smirk. Not even a wink. But it's true. You don't ever get to a place where you don't do what people tell you. Amen. And by the way, obeying human authority is only a sign of whether we're, if we can't obey the thing right in front of us, how do we believe anybody's going to obey God? But when we see this class, I believe it was dismissed, and I believe Jonah's ready to graduate from this seminary, and I believe we understand this as well. The sooner we obey, the sooner we can get on with God's work. And by the way, what did Jonah do? He wasted time. Now, we know that God was working in his heart, but I say, the Bible tells us, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. Someone says, well, I'll tell you what, I love the Lord. Well, if you love the Lord, you're trying to obey him, amen? 
Children, if they love their parents, how they show that they love their parents? They do what they say. They obey them out of confidence. They do it out of honor. They do it out of love. So we understand the class was dismissed, and I believe Jonah realizes, look, I need to obey the Lord. So I see not only the class was dismissed, but right here, I believe something else. There was a classic delivery here. Now, I want you to think about it. It said... In verse 10, and the Lord spake in the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. That's where he wanted to be for the past 72 hours. I want you to think about it. It's interesting to see in verse 10, Jonah was vomited on the dry land. What an immediate contrast to where he had spent the last 72 hours. He had been dealing with waves. He had been dealing with seaweed wrapped around his head. He had been, he'd been dealing with the billows. He said he felt like he was in hell. What a contrast. He spent these last three days and nights from floods. He said the floods had compassed about him. The waves in verse 3. Hey, the weeds in verse 5 of chapter 2. But finally, Jonah is standing on dry land. And for the past 72 hours, he had longed for this moment. Y'all ever been there? Well, if you ever went through a dark night, you know your disobedience has caused it and by the way, you might be in something going right now and you might be in the belly of that well and you might be going through the darkest of nights and you just know that there's going to be one day the night's going to break and the Lord's going to help you. And by the way, He's helping you now. Someone texted me the other day and said that they were struggling. I said, well, just hang on. I said, the promises are God. The promises of God is good in the dark too. Amen? And this too shall pass. And we see that there was a classic delivery here. I mean, classic, man. He's just vomiting right up. Here's the thought that I, that I took on this. What a difference obedience makes. Why did this fish get sick? Because the Lord told him to. He told him to get sick. And the very way that what Jonah wanted, wanted on that dry land, what a difference obedience. Do you know he could have never had to have faced all of that trouble that he faced if he would have just obeyed? Do you know what's tough? We as parents, grandparents, older people, we watch younger people, we watch our children, we watch our grandchildren, we watch somebody that's young and we tell them out of love, we caution them out of love, we warn them out of love, we try to help them not to make the same mistakes that we've made, we try to keep them from sin. And you know one of the most heartbreaking things in the world is when they don't listen. What a difference obedience makes. Amen? As a Christian, the blessings begin in our life when we take that step of obedience. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. From what I understand, the ladies' fellowship, the ladies' banquet this year, the theme is looking into the mirror. And we have a beautiful mirror. Now, I want you to know something. Uh, we need to not change the mirror. We need to change the image in the mirror. We need to line up with the Word of God. And I thank God for the mirror of the Word of God. So we see that there was a sickening confrontation here. This, this, this whale, this great fish, had a plan in God's beautiful work. But then I want you to notice this. Not only a sickening confrontation, but I want you to notice a second chance. <laughs> Look at verse 
3, and the word of the Lord came into Jonah the second time. Hey, every one of us ought to thank God daily that he's merciful and gracious. Hey, and he's slow to anger and he's plenteous in mercy. How many of y'all would say amen to that? So I want to notice as I look at this passage and the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. I see something about this second chance God. I see that he's attentive. It's funny. Laura will, we, we joke. I, I think probably every man somewhat like this. I can be driving down the road, 55, 60 mile an hour, and like, uh, a few years ago, I was up in western Kentucky, and I was with two other guys in the truck, and we'd be driving down the road, and, and I could spot deer and turkey 200 yards off the road, walking through the woods or out in the field, and I'd say, look at that buck, and man, I, look at that deer, hey, look at them turkey, and I mean, just quit. I remember, I don't know if y'all have ever hunted muggins, but in West Virginia, uh, we loved hunting muggins. They're better to eat, amen, y'all like mushrooms? These are morels. Y'all ever had a morel? Yeah, good stuff. Fry them up in butter, roll them up in flour, fry them in butter. Woo, good stuff. And, uh, and so I'll never forget, we was riding on the four-wheeler, and we got so good at finding them morels on the road just by driving on the four-wheeler. You remember that, Dad? You spot that stuff? And it's kind of funny because I can be driving 60 mile an hour down the interstate, see a deer 200 miles, and I can't find something that I've laid down in the house. Misplaced. I, I got. I got. Uh, I'm attentive. I'm attentive to certain things, but I need work being attentive in other areas. Can I get a witness? I thank God we have a God that is attentive to us. He's an attentive Lord, and the word of the Lord came into Jonah the second time he was attentive to the to Jonah aren't you glad that when you call on God you never get a voicemail aren't you glad that when you call on him you don't get an answering machine you don't get a facsimile amen Wow, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are upon their cries, Psalm 34, 15. And here's what's beautiful in the life of Christ we see his attentiveness to the needs of from all walks of life, all walks of life, was it not he that was very attentive to a woman at the well that most people wouldn't have thought anything about, but yet he was attentive to her need and he loved her and he cared for her? Was it not he that was attentive uh, uh, to a man that had climbed up into a tree and he was little of stature and God uh, made special attention and paid special attention to that wee little man? That's the same God that loves us and pays attention to us. And I'm glad that he paid attention to a little widow that only had two mites. That's the kind of Lord we have. So next time you lay at the house and you think, oh, everybody's forgotten me and nobody cares, he does. He'll never forget you. He is attentive to you. He knows what you're going through. Even though you say, well, Pastor, I don't feel it. Well, don't trust your feelings. You need to trust his promises. 
And I'm thankful tonight that he is an attentive Lord. I'm thankful that he was also attentive to one, both, but one especially, thief on the cross. Oh yes, our God through this life and looking at the life of Jonah, we see that our God is an attentive Lord. He knows you. He's attentive to you. Things that are important to you is dear to him. I'm thankful the word of the Lord came into him the second time. Why? Because he's, he is an all-seeing God. He has an all-seeing eye. And he's always interesting you. And he has the wonderful, most beautiful, caring heart. Amen. Now, I say while we often focus on the fact that God sees us when we sin. And he does. We know that he was focusing on Jonah while he was sinning. He watched him go down to Joppa. He watched him go down in the boat. He watched him go down and down and down. He was very attentive while he was sinning. But I also praise God for this part of the message. This part, he's also attentive to Jonah when he was doing right too. Sometimes we put so much focus on, I'll tell you right now, God's not going to let you get by with that. And yes, I know God is very attentive when we're sinning, but I thank God He's very attentive when we're obeying too. And we see that right here because He said, hey, let me know, let you know, the word of the Lord came to Him the second time. It's a great truth to know that God also sees us when we're obedient. Hey, Men may overlook your faithfulness, but I want to tell you all something right now. God never will. Men might overlook your faithfulness, but listen to me tonight. God never will. He's attentive. We see that here in this uh, passage with Jonah. The word of the Lord came to him the second time. So I thank God. Then I want you to notice something else about this. I found not only that he's an attentive Lord, but I thank God he has amazing long-suffering. Can I ask y'all a question y'all answer in your heart and in your mind? How would have you dealt with Jonah? How would have you dealt with Jonah? You gave a a complete command and and they disobeyed your order. How would you have dealt with him? And be honest in your heart. How would have you dealt with him? He ignored your message. And he not only just ignored it, man, he just completely defied it. I don't know about y'all, but many people probably would have done Because I've heard people in church say this. Well, I ain't got no use for him anymore. And I've heard good, strong Christian people say that like they got a right to say it. Could you imagine, could you imagine, and this is convicting, could you imagine how different our relationships at home, at church, and at work would be if we practiced the same long-suffering that the Lord has? Hey, look here, there won't be no church splits. And praise God, we ain't had one here. And praise God, we ain't planning on it either. A few more can chime in right there. And praise God, we ain't going to have one here either. Amen. Why? Because we're long-suffering. Uh, so I said this the other day. I get it. I get people that are up front and kind of visible. They can get nitpicked. 
Y'all remember me using, I use that little phrase, the preacher gets, y'all ever walk in Walmart? When I walk in Walmart, look at the deli, I can't help but see them chickens on rotisserie mode with all that grease dripping off of them, the heat on them, and I thought, man, I know that's been me at dinner tables. Well, did you hear what the pastor did? you hear what the... And I know that goes on because I used to be in a house like that. But the next time y'all put me on rotisserie mode, just remember, I can put you on rotisserie mode too. I told someone the other day, be careful nitpicking on me because I can nitpick back. Now, I don't want to, and thank God y'all better hope I don't ever want to. But I'm just saying, here's what's amazing. We need to practice the long-suffering of God. We feel like, oh, we got a right. No, we really don't. I'm going to tell you, as a right is God. But he loves us. I'm so thankful. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. You know, Peter, and I don't, this struggle, this is a struggle, but Peter came to the Lord in Matthew chapter 18. He asked him in verse 21, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? It's amazing what the Lord said. Until seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. I heard someone say, well, Pastor, um, he passed that a long time ago. Well, that's kind of the wrong point. If you're keeping counts, you're kind of missing the whole point. But aren't y'all glad God doesn't keep count? I wonder how different our relationships would be at home, at church, work, if we practice the long-suffering of the Lord. And by the way, so often the Spirit of God is quenched because of bitterness and an unforgiving spirit. Now listen, I want to tell you something. One of the hardest things that you'll ever do, and you have to allow the Lord to help you to do it, but it is spiritual to forgive and restore. If God in his patience and long-suffering has forgiven me of every sin, I, I, I think then there is no one that I should not forgive. And by the way, that takes his help. That's not just something you wake up every morning, oh, that person hurt me, that person did that, I'm just going to jump up and forgive him. No, with his help, you can forgive him. Can I say, Benjamin Franklin stated, I love this quote, doing an injury puts you below your enemy. Revenging makes you but even with him. Forgiving sets you above him. But see, in this world today, people think someone that forgives is weak. No, it's strength. We just studied the life of David, how he forgives Saul and tried to restore. And so I thank God We have a God that forgives. Can I say as I close, here's something else that really popped out at me as I was reading this passage of scripture. We see the same communication that we've seen in chapter one. Now here's my point. In chapter one, in verse two, notice what the Bible says. He says to Jonah, chapter one, verse two, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. I want you to notice the same in chapter three. Look at verse two. It's the same language. 
Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Same message. Here's the what's blessing. God gave the same communication. He says, Arise, go to Nineveh. Here, here, here's what I want to really apply here. The assignment didn't change. Even though he didn't obey, God still had an assignment. His work it needs and will get done. It's the same communication. He said, I want you to go to this great city. The assignment has not changed. Our resistance to God, listen to me, is not going to change His plan, not going to alter His plan one little bit. So why don't we just get in on it? That's my last thought. Man cannot alter God's plan. We see that right here with Jonah. He said the same thing. I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to preach to that city in chapter 1. All right, Jonah said, no, I'm not going to do it. So he went. Maybe he thought God, oh, he's going to change his mind. He don't want me to go after I run off. After he goes through all this, maybe God will get tired and he'll change his mind. I love God didn't change his mind. He was still interested in Nineveh. And he was still interested in Jonah, and he still wanted to use Jonah, and so he helped Jonah get to a place where God could use him. Think about that. Before you think you have a bunch of delays in your life and you're going through a bunch of stuff, just think it might just, no, it ain't might. It's God trying to get you to be the person that you need to be to do what he wants you to do. You ever tried to chop a tree with a, with a dull axe. Someone says, well, here I know, I'm just wasting time. Well, not if you're wetting the edge. If God's wetting the edge, if it takes you 20 years to get where you're supposed to get, if he's wetting the edge, you're going to be more effective in 20 years. Somebody say amen. God has a plan. You're not going to alter his plan, but he wants to use you. He wants to use me. So we cannot alter God's plan. I'll close with this. The captain, I found this, man, I loved it. The captain of a ship looked out into the distance across the water and he saw a light directly in the path of his ship. He commanded his signalman to send a message. He said, alter your course 10 degrees north. A few moments later, a reply was received and they replied back to the captain, alter your course 10 degrees south. The captain was outraged. His message had been ignored. He sent a second message. He said, alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a captain. Soon a message received back. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am seaman first class Jones. Boy, the captain could not believe it. He sent a third message knowing the fear it would evoke. He said, alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a battleship. He said a few moments passed and then a third message was received. He said, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a lighthouse. <laughs> the old captain better alter the ship. No matter who the captain thinks he is. And sometimes we're just like that captain. We think we something else. And we try to tell God, no, we're not going to do it this way. No, God, you alter your course 10 miles. I don't think it will matter if we do it like this. And God says, no, I want you to do it like this. 
go ahead and try to talk God into changing his mind, you're going you're gonna to end up like his captain. You'll find out in the end, look at me, he ain't moving. If there needs to be any moving, it needs to be us moving. If there needs to be any changing, it needs to be us changing. We need to look into the mirror and quit trying to change the mirror and we need to start changing ourselves. We need to start lining up with the mirror. So I don't like it. Doesn't matter whether you like it or not. Doesn't matter whether I like it or not. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like getting up every morning and have to forgive somebody that I don't feel like forgiving. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm going to be right with God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust his promise, not my feelings. We walk around sometimes like we're some spiritual high tower, like we have a monopoly, just like that captain. You move your place, you move yours, you move, you alter. No, listen, God doesn't move, we need to move. We live in a day now where it's amazing to me. There's so many people, they're wanting to find every reason, every excuse to do the wrong things. And here's what's amazing, here's what's amazing. They try to use the Bible to do it. There's some of the most silliest, I think, rebellious podcasts out there I've ever heard and seen in my life. But you know what I think? I think, you know what? They just need to look in the mirror. They're trying to change the mirror. They need to change themselves. We need to change ourselves. We need to be not like a captain. We need to understand he's the lighthouse. There needs to be any altering. It it ain't the Bible. Amen? It's us. Y'all glad y'all have a God that gives second chances and third chances and four chances? Hey, you know how many chances he gives? 70 times 7. I don't know about y'all, but that might help y'all go home tonight and have a little bit of happier night. Might give y'all some rest tonight know that y'all got a God that loves you and he's attentive to you and he's long-suffering towards us and he is concerned in the world, but he's concerned about the world getting saved, but he's also concerned about using you. Let's stand to our feet as we close tonight. Boy, I'm glad we, I'm glad he's our God. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He's so good to me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we're thankful for your long suffering. Now, Lord, as we thank you for who you are, I pray you'll help us to change who we are. I pray you'll help us to be more in the image of your son. Lord, I pray you'll work this long suffering in our life. Lord, I pray you'll help us to live by your promises, not by our feelings. Lord, I pray you'll encourage each one of us to obey you. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll help all of us to quit trying to get you to move. And I pray if there's any movement, if anybody's wrong, it's us. I pray you'll humble us and help us. Lord, if there happens to be someone here tonight, Lord, I feel that everyone here tonight's home folk. But Lord, I don't know every heart. And I pray if there's someone here tonight that do not know you as their personal Savior, I pray the Holy Spirit of God will convict them. 
And they'll trust you. They'll repent and trust you as their personal Savior. Lord, if they need help with that, you bring them our way. We'll do our best to talk to them tonight with your help. I pray you'll go with us tonight, give everyone safety, be with our buses and all the children and drivers as they travel home tonight. Bring them back safe. We'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And all God's people said. God bless you. Blaylock's thanks for being here tonight. God bless y'all for being here. Amen.